Hello everyone, Shirley here. You have heard the adage, execution eats strategy for breakfast. While I tend to focus on strategic matters with my clients, I also know that strategy must be implemented to be effective. And while there are many paths to success, there is one steadfast rule we must all obey, and that is daily operational discipline. That's what we're talking about today. How do growing successful small GovCons carry out their strategic plans by delegating authority and fostering innovation? How do CEOs motivate and empower their executive teams to get the right things done? To help me answer these and other questions, I reached out to Bill Huter, a certified EOS implementer. Welcome, Bill. Thank you, Shirley. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Please tell our audience a little about your background and what you now do. Well, uh, Shirley, I'm a serial entrepreneur, and one of the outgrowths of being a serial entrepreneur is understanding you know, what it feels like to be in their shoes every day. And so what I do now is I love helping my clients live their best entrepreneurial life. And uh, in order to do that, I employ my experience. I co-founded three startups, and I learned EOS firsthand as a leadership team member in my second company. In that company, we implemented EOS, and it helped us make the Inc. 5000 for rarely achieved nine years in a row. I also spent years in, in the corporate world in senior e-commerce business development positions at CopyServe. This was in the 90s. Uh, Anderson Consulting, which long ago became Accenture, and, and Deloitte Consulting. And um, in my personal life, I uh, recently retired from a general aviation flying uh, career or flying life as an instrument-rated pilot flying a fully updated 1978 Cessna Cardinal RG. Awesome. I can see the relationship between flying a small aircraft and running a small business. So thank you for sharing your wisdom today uh, with our audience. Let's begin with some definitions. Exactly what is the EOS? EOS is the Entrepreneurial Operating System. It's a simple, proven business operating system that helps entrepreneurial organizations clarify, simplify, and achieve their vision. It, it really has three basic simple parts. It's vision, traction, and health. The first is vision, getting everyone in an entrepreneurial company 100% on the same page with where they're going and, and the plan to get there. When you've got one common vision, then you need to create traction or you can create traction on that vision, and that's instilling focus and discipline and accountability throughout the entire company so that everyone's executing on that vision every day, every week, every month, every quarter, every year. So when you've got one common vision and you've got traction, what happens is that the third thing happens automatically, and that is that the health of the company gets better and better and better, helping uh, leaders become a more cohesive, functional, healthy leadership team. Let's talk about how these three elements are utilized by small businesses. Explain how a company gets started with this system. Well, generally what happens is 
um, I get referred to a client or, or uh, to a potential client or a potential client contacts me and we talk about you know, some of the, the basics of the business, um, how many years in business, revenue, number of employees, and I tell them a little bit about EOS. Usually they know something of EOS. And so the next step is for me and the owner to get together uh, with the leadership team of their business and we have a have what we call this 90 minute meeting where I spend time with the with the entire group, and they learn a little bit about me and EOS as a as an organization. I get to learn more about them. We spend the most time with me walking them through all of the foundational tools of EOS, and then we talk a little bit about the process. What does the process look like? It starts with focus day, where they an all day session where they learn the tools. Then we have two days of vision building, and then after that, it's every 90 days I facilitate their quarterlies and their annuals, and it's a, it's a process that allows them to go much farther, much faster. So, Bill, I want to talk about two common business models in the government contracting market. The first one is a staffing model, and the other is a solutions model. Let's start with the staffing model. Most companies that provide services to the federal government, whether they're large or small, have at least a part of their business dedicated to the staffing model in which they supply specific personnel to federal agencies on a 1099 basis. How does a GovCon company that provides staffing to federal agencies in this manner use the EOS system to distinguish itself from its competitors? Well, if the government contractor runs on EOS, if they are committed to operating their company on EOS, then every member of that company, whether they are W-2s or 1099s, is held to a, to a high standard of accountability every day and in multiple ways. They have to hit uh, weekly scorecard measurables. They have quarterly goals uh, for, for their department. Um, they're, they're called ROCs. And they have to live the company's core values, which is, in U.S., that's the definition of right person. So when you have that kind of discipline and accountability inside of the company, it is naturally transmitted to, uh, you know, and if that person uh, works for the, the, a government department in a contract, that kind of discipline, that kind of accountability, that kind of thinking, that kind of execution naturally becomes part of the work that they do uh, for, the, for the government. So how can this be achieved if the staff members are remote, either they're at home and they're working over Zoom or they're sitting at the federal agency? With COVID, we all went into this first remote world and then soon became a hybrid world. It's, EOS is really no different in that way. Um, learning EOS can be done, uh, we, we, we went into remote uh, sessions, and executing using EOS became part of what we did on a, on a hybrid basis. So there's nothing about EOS that doesn't work in a, in a hybrid environment. You don't have to all physically be together. Uh, you can all be remote, and it can still work, or it can work in a hybrid way. 
So, Bill, one of the challenges of remote workers in federal contracting, especially if the contract is for staffing, is that although the workers are on your payroll as a small business and you conduct performance appraisals, you provide pay increases and have the authority to fire staff, they go to work at the agency sites and take direction from clients who are federal employees. So how can the EOS work in this scenario? The government contractor and the, the client company are best served by implementing the EOS tools. Now, the reality is that government contractors, you know, for the most part, don't run on, a, on EOS. They, they might have a system that's similar, but the point is that what EOS teaches is that if you have these basic tools and disciplines in place, that you will execute on the government project much better. So what are those things? It's a weekly or bi-weekly meeting. In the U.S., we call it the Level 10 meeting, and that is where everyone in that meeting has scorecard measurables and has quarterly rocks that they're reporting out on and, and are solving issues that come up. There is an accountability chart, and in the government contracting world, this could be not a company uh, accountability chart. It could be a project accountability chart where there are functions and there are roles in each function. So if you think of a um, an org chart, which is boxes with names and titles, if you take the titles out and in place of a title you put a function, like instead of director of operations, it's operations, and that function has the five most important things that that function is accountable for. If you do that specific to a project, then you can use an accountability chart to hold people accountable for the, their function in the project and the five most important things that they're accountable for. And uh, a traction section of a vision traction organizer where you've got a clear you know, one-year plan. Um, it, the project might be three years. It might be a three-year plan. It might be uh, or a three-year picture. A one-year plan, which is you know, what are the three to seven most important things that we're going to achieve, Working towards that one-year plan, there are quarterly rocks. What are the things, what are the most important things that need to be achieved uh, at every level of the organization on a 90-day basis to ensure that all the client work is being accomplished um, to the required standard while keeping everybody on the same page with those level 10 meetings rowing in the same direction for the greater good of that client project and the client's success. So, Bill, I want to amplify something you, you said and also to recognize that most agencies have their own project or program management processes, uh, software, way, ways of communicating progress. But what you're recommending here with the EOS would complement and enhance communications and staff accountability. In my experience, the EOS also connects and endears remote staff to their peers in, at other locations and to management back at the headquarters. So, Bill, what does holding staff to a higher standard mean to clients? It means that the client knows that the person working, that the people working for them have been determined to be superior in, in, in a few ways, that they consistently live a set of core values. 
and that is of the of the of the contracted company. So, in EOS terms, that means that they're right person. If they're living the core values of the of the government contractor, and those core values are not in conflict with the government agency that they're working for, and I, I you know I, I I can't imagine a situation where that would be the case. Then they know they're they're going to get somebody that is held to that kind of behavioral standard. That's number one. Number two is that they've been hired into a company where it's been determined that they get and want and have the capacity to do their job very, very well. That the five most important things that they do in their job, and and that is what gets transmitted to the government agency, that they, they get it at the DNA level. They just understand it. They want it. They wake up every day with a fire in their belly to achieve, and they have the capacity to do it, which means that everything that they've learned and their life gives them the capacity to, to achieve. And that they've got a successful track record of consistently hitting um, quarterly goals and weekly measurables. And then finally, that they understand what a company vision is. They can translate that into a project vision and that they know how to execute you know, on a consistent basis. So all of the things that make for a great employee in a government contractor make for a great person working on a project in an agency. So, Bill, how do you suggest that these benefits are conveyed to federal clients? It's going to be foreign in terms of titling to the, the government agency. To If you talk to, to an agency about EOS, they're likely not going to know what that means, but they will clearly understand the tools and disciplines and concepts because nothing about EOS is proprietary. It's all common sense. And so to get them to better understand that, what I recommend is that the, the contractor have about a 90-minute meeting with the client to help them understand that the tools and the process of EOS and how that can be applied to the project work. That can be led by a member of the government contractor uh, leadership team. If that team is a client of mine, I'd be happy to facilitate that myself. Excellent. We need to take a break. I'm talking to Bill Huter, an EOS implementer, on how to distinguish your company in the federal marketplace through operational excellence. When we come back, we'll talk about using the EOS when you are a solutions provider to the federal government. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Shirley Colliger, president and founder of Scale to Market, is your host for this Growth Masters Federal presentation. Scale to Market helps businesses think, plan, collaborate, and build market value by developing and executing customized data-driven business development playbooks, building efficient information systems, and creating high-performing BD teams. Utilizing the proprietary Davy Business Development Growth Framework, Scale to Market partners with business owners and executives to increase their company's value by achieving profitable and sustainable growth in the federal marketplace. Email Shirley at scollier at scaletomarket.com to learn more about the Davy Growth Framework and how it can be instrumental in helping grow your federal contracting business. Back now to Shirley's conversation with Bill Huter, a certified EOS implementer, as they discuss how the entrepreneurial operating system can enhance productivity and differentiate your company in the highly competitive federal marketplace. 
Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about how the EOS benefits small GovCons that provide staffing. Now let's talk about how to use the EOS if you are a solutions provider to the federal government. Bill, can you address that? Sure. If the government contractor runs on EOS, they have both a short-term and a long-term plan for company success. And in EOS, that's a tool that we call the Vision Traction Organizer, the VTO for short. It includes um, the eight most important aspects of the company's succinctly stated strategic plan. Among these are the company's, or what we call the three uniques, the three things that in combination distinguish that company, that government contractor, from its competitors. Not Not that they have to be unique in each one, it's that the combination of things makes them unique. And one of those could be that value-added solution that you're, you're talking about. And I would add that as a company that provides solutions to the federal government, meaning that you accept responsibility for results and perform more independently in relation to federal employees, that tracking goals, activity, issues, and results is mission critical to your business. It's why you won the contract in the beginning. Bill, I want to go back to your comment on the company's three uniques. What else might a company determine is one of their three uniques? Well, um, there are a lot of things that can be a unique. It can be a, a product or a service that is of great value combined with the company culture, which is the company's core values and how the employees live them. And it can be some kind of market advantage. It could be their geographic location. And, you know, what we're talking about here being some kind of intellectual property. It could be in that market advantage. It could be location. It could be intellectual property. It could be the fact that they've been in business for, you know, for a long time and they have a great track record. It could be that they're a woman-owned business. Any of these things, if you can pick three things that in combination make you unique, that becomes your differentiator, your selling proposition to, uh, to the government agents. And how do you help companies uncover these three uniques? I actually facilitate this with my clients, and what I do is I stand up against the longest wall, one of the two longer walls in the, um, in the room, with my back to the wall, and I say to the team, I say, imagine I'm Susan, and let's say Susan is the owner of the company, and I'm standing here, and to my right going to infinity and to my left going to infinity are the owners of every other potential competitor we're all standing there in the line, as long as that is, it might be, it might be three of us, it might be 300 of us. And I say, if somebody says to everybody in this line, do you have or do X, Susan can take a step forward along with half of the, the whole line that they're in. And then that person says, how many have or do Y? And Susan and, and a handful of others from that, from that second line can step forward. And so there are only, only a handful of people there now. And then the person says, do you do Z? And only, only Susan can step forward. That's the way of helping them physically understand, seeing, and understanding 
that it's a combination of three things that makes a company unique. I love that process. And I would typically pick up where you leave off in that once those three uniques are identified, uh, to go to the marketplace and say, who cherishes these three unique? Which agencies, which contract vehicles, opportunities, teaming partners, strategies, et cetera, how can we leverage these three uniques? So how does the GovCon determine the most important things that each member of the team should be accountable for to achieve the greatest team results? Well, this goes back to, to really what we were talking about before, which is that, that accountability chart. If you, by using the EOS accountability chart, each team member has crystal clarity in their function about the five most important things that they're accountable for. So, you know, the team gets together, whether this is the leadership team of the government contractor and determining, you know, right seats for the company, or whether it's applying that to the agency or department that they're going to work for in a project. Very much like an org chart, you map out functions, but don't use titles, just use functions, because titles drive ego. And in each one of those function boxes, you determine the five greatest, the, the five most important things that each function is accountable for. Again, whether it's in the company or whether it's in a project. And they've been vetted to understand that they, they get and want and have the capacity to do those five roles in that function. And how far down in the organization does that accountability reach? All the way down from top to bottom, side to side. Everybody is in a, uh, in a function. Everybody has somewhere between three and five roles and responsibilities. It doesn't matter if you are the most senior person in the company, the most junior person, whether you're at the top of the accountability chart, uh, you know, physically or physically at the bottom of the chart or all the way to the left side or all the way to the right side. Doesn't, doesn't matter. And how does a company get buy-in from its employees about the EOS, especially if they've been operating the business in a little bit looser manner? Now we have more structure and accountability. Yeah. So first, what I do is I teach the leadership team all of the basic foundational tools. And that's before we set the vision. I teach them the level 10 meeting. I teach them rocks. I teach them scorecard. I teach them uh, accountability chart. And then, over the next 60 days, we set the vision with the Vision Traction Organizer. We determine what are the core values what is the, of the company, what is the core focus. You know, the core values are who you are at your core, the core focus is what, as a company, you are at your core, what's the long-range uh, 10-year target, what's the market strategy, what's the three-year picture. So we take that 10-year target, we bring it up a lot closer to three years, it's sort of that midterm view, then we bring it in a lot closer to the one-year plan, and then we, and we determine a one-year plan, and, this is, and then we determine the next set of quarterly rocks. It's elegant strategic planning that sometimes people take man months to do that we do in a few, in a few man days, and once I've got that crystal clear with the leadership and with the team, once they've got it clear for themselves, the answers don't come from me, I, they just, I facilitate it. Once that is all clear, then they roll out the tools and they teach the tools to the rest of the, of the company because they've mastered them at the leadership team level. And then the entire team is practicing the system, the tools. It starts with weekly level 10 meetings where everybody's in the meeting 
and everybody has at least one measurable uh, on a scorecard and at least one quarterly goal, which again we call a rock, and that they're that they're accountable for. Um, and just as imp- and it, uh, just as important, it gives these meetings give everyone a venue in which they can put unresolved issues on an issues list and and raise their hand and say, here's an issue, I I'm having trouble solving it, I need help. Let's engage in some solving together, and that is a very very healthy team for any department, or uh, whether it's at the leadership team level or at any level of the company. Do you have an example of a company that implemented this system successfully? Yeah, well, without you know naming specific names, I had one government contractor client that was um, struggling to completely solidify the leadership team. It became clear, not, not too far down the road, that that the basic core issue was trust. When they came to understand that a simple simple definition of right person was what they needed to coalesce around and rally around, it all became clear. So when everyone in the organization is right person, then everybody is living the core values. When you live the core values, you have trust among the members of the team and the best kind of trust is vulnerability-based trust where you're real and open and raw with each other. When you have that, then the conflict with which you engage every day, and there's, there's always there's good conflict and bad conflict, but when you have trust, you, you engage in healthy and productive conflict. You're focused on solving issues. The conflict isn't aimed at people. When you have that healthy and productive conflict, you can gain full commitment from everybody because everybody's had their say. When you've got that commitment, then you've got complete accountability, and that gives you the best results. Bill, I want to go back to some of the strategic benefits of implementing the EOS. How does this system help a GovCon deliver value beyond the life of a project? Well, once mastered, all of these foundational tools, and it's more than just the foundational tools, are actually more than 20 tools in the EOS toolbox. They can be used to improve performance well beyond the end of the project. There is value there in the government contractor understanding how to apply that to other projects. If, if it's being done for uh, for government agency, it helps them understand how to do it better within their company. And the agency benefits as well because it may just help them see how to do their style, their tools, their software a little bit better. And I would add that the EOS helps small GovCons create market value for their businesses. As someone who has sold several businesses, what I know is that buyers place a higher value on companies that are well-run. And by this, I mean that the financial and operational functions are efficient, Growth has been consistent and profitable, employees are productive and loyal, and problems are addressed and solved. The EOS plays a big role in each of these areas. I want to summarize what we've been discussing today. The entrepreneurial operating system is a proven methodology that helps small companies inject more discipline and accountability into their operations. Small businesses go through very defined stages of growth from startup through maturity. 
The EOS is most important and impactful when a small business is beyond startup. They've won a few federal contracts, and it is now time for the CEO to get serious about forming an executive team and delegating authority to others. The EOS provides a framework, tools, a shared nomenclature that encourages communicating, establishing priorities, and most importantly, getting things done. The expression, if you want things done right, you have to do it yourself, does not work in business. The EOS helps entrepreneurial CEOs to concentrate their efforts on matters that no one else can do and to leverage their management teams and the expertise of others throughout the company to achieve goals and fulfill the company's mission. An added benefit, in my opinion, is that some federal agencies also need help in managing their operations, and Bill kind of alluded to this. A small contractor that is proficient in the EOS can help their federal clients instill more structure, discipline, and accountability in their internal operations. Whether you provide staffing, solutions, or products, this is a way that small GovCons can truly become trusted advisors to their federal clients. And when this happens, they win additional contracts and grow their businesses. Thank you so much, Bill, for sharing your insights with our audience today. Thank you, Shirley. I've really enjoyed it. I have too. Folks, if you would like to get in touch with Bill, he can be reached at bill.huter, that's H-U-E-T-E-R, at eosworldwide.com. Or you can reach out to us here at Skelta Market, and we'll make sure you're connected. This is Shirley Collier, president of Skelta Market and host of the Growth Masters Federal Podcast, signing off for now. As we close, I want to thank you for joining us today and encourage you to connect with me on LinkedIn and visit our website, that's skeletomarket.com with the number two in the middle, where you will find our library of podcasts, webcasts, white papers, my blog, and other links and resources. While there, please leave us a comment or suggestion so we can stay focused on what's important to you. We'll see you next time.